Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, I'm Sandy Toxvig, and this is We Will Get Past This where I welcome you into my calm room of books, so I can share tales from history of various deeds. Some brave, some baffling, others downright idiotic, in a bid to comfort the soul in this challenging time we find ourselves in. Some of these were recorded with specific dates in mind, but as we've all come to realise, none of that kind of thing really matters. My diary's wide open. There are no rules about when something can be enjoyed, so take a moment to relax and remember this. We will get past this. Hello there, come on in. Now there's a wonderful line in the movie, my favourite movie, Singing in the Rain, when the character Cosmo Brown, who plays the piano to provide atmosphere for silent movies, is told that all new films will have talking in them. Talking pictures, he declares. That means I'm out of a job. At last I can start suffering and write that symphony. Many of us have perhaps misguidedly thought that the only thing which stood between us and the creation of an artistic masterpiece was that we simply lacked time. Now, however, time aplenty is upon us, and we may have to face the fact that there might not be the musical or literary work of genius in us that we had hoped. Uh, the desire to create some kind of magnum opus is a common one. It was today, in 1945, that the Italian fascist leader Benito Mussolini was arrested by Italian partisans in Dongo in the Italian region of Lombardy. He was attempting to escape disguised as a German soldier. That curses someone spotted him and he concluded his life hung upside down from the roof of a petrol station. Il Duce, or the leader, was an inspirational role model for those, like Hitler, who thought totalitarian control was the absolute best way forward. Don't let the people decide, what do they know? Amazingly, some folk didn't agree. But if you have secret police and outlaw labour strikes, why, it's amazing what you can get done. Mussolini was a truly reprehensible human being. The sort of character that makes you wish there were a god so he can be sent to hell. But before he became a murderous thug, Benito led a very different life. As a young man, he perceived himself as an intellectual, reading philosophy and writing earnest articles about literature. He even wrote a romantic novel called the Cardinal's Mistress. It's a shockingly bad book, first published as a serial in an Italian newspaper in 1909. It's a sort of bodice ripper about a cardinal and his mistress. Now, the cardinal is keen, declaring at one point to his lover, 
I will build you a secret altar in the depths of my conscience. You will be the Madonna of the temple within me. I will be your slave. Strike me, despise me, beat me, open my veins with a subtle dagger. But grant me the revelation of yourself. Grant that I may speak to you. Grant that I may lose myself with you in the supreme illusion. I mean, who could turn a man like that down? As the author, Mussolini seems uninterested in the fate of his characters. A lack of caring he would go on to display in a wider setting later in life. Who knows if his work had hit the top ten bestsellers if life for the rest of Europe would have turned out differently. So you'd think that Il Duce's foray into novel writing would suggest anyone can do it, but writing has never been easy. It was today in 1759 that the English philosopher, historian, novelist and feminist icon Mary Wollstonecraft was born. Because she led an unconventional life for years, less attention was paid to her writing than it deserved. Given a choice between a scandal and a well-constructed sentence, scandal wins every time. Uh, Mary's eclectic in what she chose to write. She wrote novels, uh, travel journals, even a history of the French Revolution. Of course, she's probably best known for her philosophical treatise, A Vindication of the Rights of Woman, in which she dared to argue that women could easily equal men if they were just educated. She had the temerity to imagine a social order founded on reason. It was splendid stuff. But after she died following complications from childbirth at the age of just 38, the world found out about her less-than-orthodox lifestyle, and for about a hundred years no one could talk about anything else. Mary's life was tough. She was literate but poor, and there were extremely limited career options open to her. She tried teaching, but pretty swiftly decided she wanted to make a living as a writer. This was a radical notion for a woman, but as she said herself, she was trying to become the first of a new genus. She moved to London, where she tried to keep herself going by doing translations and wrote reviews. Uh, in 1790, she wrote a political pamphlet entitled Vindication of the Rights of Men, which praised the Parisian market women who had participated in the French Revolution, attacked aristocracy, and advocated republicanism. She was instantly famous. When she followed up with a vindication of the rights of women, she became an international star. She was disappointed in the aftermath of the French Revolution, which, like pretty much all revolutions in history, did nothing to improve the lot of women. Indeed, in many ways, it made things worse, as women were refused equal rights, and it became clear that those in power saw the women who had fought for freedom as merely second-class citizens. Yet Mary continued to try and be optimistic, writing, I cannot yet give up the hope that a fairer day is dawning on Europe. Unfortunately, Mary had made friends with the wrong crowd. She spent time in France. Frankly, she was lucky not to be guillotined herself. Her life was hard. She was not married. She got pregnant. Her lover lost interest. And then he left her. Impoverished and alone, she continued to write. And her historical and moral view of the French Revolution is a fascinating and underrated work about how the ordinary citizens of France reacted to the times. During her life, Mary twice tried to kill herself over love. On one occasion, she jumped into the Thames and was rescued by a Mr May, a passing boatman. He took her home, and we have no idea what happened, except we are told that Mrs May persuaded her of the rightness of living. How I should love to have heard that conversation between the almost certainly illiterate wife of a boatman and one of the finest intellects of her generation. How fabulous that it was the woman with no book learning who knew why life was worthwhile. Mary's story is worth reading in full. It breaks my heart uh, that she left behind a number of unfinished manuscripts 
uh, when pregnancy and her complicated private life once again stopped her from getting to her desk. How she might have enjoyed this time to stop and think. Long after her death, she would help to inspire the Americans Lucretia Mott and Elizabeth Cady Stanton that a women's rights meeting was needed, which they famously held in 1848 in Seneca Falls. Mary's voice rings out loud and clear from her work, and it makes me think how many voices too often go unheard in history. I was thinking about Gray's Elegy, a poem I had to learn by heart at school, in which Thomas Gray bemoaned the unexplored talent which might lie beneath the graves in a country churchyard. Some mute, inglorious Milton here may rest. I may not have the great novel in me, but at least I can use this time to explore work by writers who it has taken me time to discover. Jessie Redmond Fawcett was born today in 1882 in Fredericksville, New Jersey. She was an African-American poet and novelist whose work played a significant part in shaping black literature in the 1920s. She wanted to write the truth about the life she saw around her. She created black fictional characters who were working professionals, which not everyone in the literary world at the time was comfortable with. From 1919 to 1926, she was literary editor of The Crisis, a magazine published by the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, and she encouraged legions of African-Americans to write and be open and honest about their experiences. Her background was one of poverty, yet she went to Cornell University, one of the first American colleges to accept women. She became a teacher in order to have the money to write. She was inspired to create contemporary African-American literature, which was both realistic and positive. It was far from easy. One publisher rejected her novel entitled There Is Confusion because he said, white readers just don't expect Negroes to be like this. Jessie Fawcett died in 1961. In her lifetime, much of her work was dismissed because she dealt with what were known as women's issues. Today, her work has been re-evaluated. She's rightly seen as a critical part of the Harlem Renaissance. What I like about her is her determination to tell the truth as she saw it, as she described the social and political restrictions she faced as a black woman in America. Maybe none of us have the great novel lying inside us, but we each have our own version of what is happening. If you ever thought you might write yours down, we'll do it now. It's your truth, and there's never been a better time. Also, if you want to read somebody else's work instead, that's fine too. Except Mussolini's book. Honestly, trust me. I've read it. It's terrible. Take care. Be kind. We will get past this, you know. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.